Hey, this is Rachel True, and you're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Shit, why am I watching this? Turns, yeah. turns out it's Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. I would, yo, I would probably throw my TV if that were true. <laughs> I hate Jar Jar so much. I, I can't even watch. I can't even watch the first movie. It's the reason I haven't finished it yet. I feel bad because I actually don't think it was that horrible a character. Because honestly, I hate the Ewoks, and yet no one talks about that. That's true. Yeah. So I have seen worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just hypercritical of Star Wars in general. I think just the fandom that like that's part of being a Star Wars fan. Like everybody has to have something to hate, I suppose. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I am, if, you know, I I enjoyed the Mandalorian, and we'll talk about this. But I am really more of a Star Trek fan than Star Wars. I, as a, as a Star Trek fan, I can understand that. That's not unheard of. So. <laughs> If you would have said Battlestar Galactica, we would have kicked your ass right up off this call, but <laughs> wait, wait, Star Trek wait, is fine. Wait, old Battlestar Galactica or the new one? Either. <laughs> no. I don't know, man. That that new one that new one was pretty damn good. It was it was good and depressing. I had to fight the urge to slip my wrist after every episode. <laughs> There was no light in that episode. The first, the original, Lauren Green brought light to everything. I, I gotta say though, man, with that one, if you like, kind of read what was going on behind the scenes with that show, it was fucking bananas. They were like, "Who's gonna be a Cylon this week?" And like Ron Moore was like, "I don't fucking know. Let's figure it out." And they would like just just choose somebody at random. They're like, "They're a fucking Cylon. There's no story to back that up. We'll make it fit." And they just like. Yeah, it was just absolute like bedlam uh, on the set of that uh, of that show. How many, how many seasons did they get out of that plan? though? No. Oh, what was it? Was it three or four? Question. Yeah, I thought it was more like five, but maybe um. And they, and I might add, they got a spinoff as well. Yeah, Caprica. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't speak of it, but I'm just saying they got one. <laughs> it exists. <laughs> How many four? How many seasons did we get out of this thing? Let's see. Yeah, it looks like there were four. Yeah. yeah, that's a good run for a show strictly on Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we are live at the diner. It's the new name for GGR Pirate Radio, and really, it, the only reason we changed the name is just because it kind of fits with what we do. How many times have you gone out with your friends? and your co-workers and had just really awesome geeky nerdy conversations while you were at a diner i mean everybody's done this this is a a cultural monument that we've all shared a touchstone if you will that everyone can can attribute at some point in their lives so that's why we've named it that tonight we've got my favorite co-hosts it's going to be steve monick hey i made the list (laughs) we've also got we've got mc brooks Bando Calrissian. (laughs) We've also got our special guest this evening. He is a wonderfully talented artist. You've heard him here on these airwaves before. He's back for a special engagement. His name is Philip Jean-Pierre. Hello! What up? We are going to be talking all things geeky and nerdy when it comes to Crisis on Infinite Earths. It just ended uh, the special crossover uh, what was it like 85 episodes uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that ended this week uh, to 
well, it ended. We'll just talk about it. You'll hear in just a little bit here. Uh, we've also got a conversation that we're going to have about The Mandalorian because uh, season one is all wrapped up if you haven't caught it yet. Uh, if you're looking for no spoilers, uh, yeah, just go ahead and skip this episode because we're going to spoil the shit out of everything. So, guys, remember the lineup. It's myself, Mike Lunsford, Steve Monick, MC Brooks, Philip Jean-Pierre. We're at the diner. We're starting right now. listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You're listening to The Diner on GGR Pirate Radio. Spoily Plover, make a wish. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. Me too. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the diner on GGR Pirate Radio. My name is Mike Lunsford. I will be one of your hosts this evening. Joining me in this cavalcade of geekery and nerddom are my my team, my triad of awesome podcasting gloriousness. It's the guy who helped find this website with me back in 2014. Oh, the website. By the way, it's greatgeekrefuge.com. We have a plethora, an overabundance, if you will, of new articles for you to check out. All sorts of great content there. Go to the website, greatgeekrefuge.com. That guy who helped me find this website back in 2014 and the podcast in 2015, subsequently. His name is Steve Monick. Welcome to 2020. I'm Mike Lunsford, and this is 2020. No, it, it doesn't work. It's got to be Bar- it's got to be Barbara Walters, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. You, you, I know you have a lot of impressions that's not in your repertoire. You don't have a Barbara Walters. I... Just game. do it. Just do it, Morgan Freeman. That's that's a crowd pleaser anyway. It doesn't <laughs> make sense, second. but just do second. it. Hang on a second. Give me. I gotta get in the character. Hang on. Hang on. <clears throat> Andy Dufresne wanted to know what year it was. I looked at him blankly and I said, "Andy Dufresne, this is 2020." <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's always a good time. Thank you. Good night. That's all I needed from this show. 
on the other the other leg in the tripod of podcasting for ggr pirate radio is a very talented man the third leg yes the third leg yes you're the third leg (laughs) yes the the dick euphemism of ggr pirate radio and so it begins (laughs) his name is mc brooks i was because i I was originally going to say i'm not wallace west but now i am officially the third leg of ggr (laughs) by the way if you want to see some some just like absolute insanity uh mc and i for various reasons have we both have two separate Facebook accounts, right? And we created our own multiverse on Facebook last night as we went back and forth between our various accounts that we have, having conversations with each other. It was because, so amusing. <laughs> because we're like 12 years old, apparently. I, I literally thought you were going to say, if you want to see something interesting and, and, discuss, someone, and discuss penis shots, then I would have said that may have been too much. <laughs> no, there's a lot of things we'll talk about, but that, sir, is too far. <laughs> that oh, that's the bridge too far. Yeah, that's checking. There is. You a see line. why they call me Kid Flash. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we've also got joining us in the diner this evening again a talented artist, um, often sharing his wares at various comic cons across the DC metro area. Uh, you can check him out if I remember correctly. Uh, I believe your website isn't it blackgorbachev.com? It is indeed. Yeah, it is. Um, so Black Gorbachev himself is Philip Jean Pierre. Hello, everyone. I am here. I, I got nothing witty right now. We are going to be talking about Crisis on Infinite Earths, and I'm going to let you guys kind of run with this because I just finished it last night. And MC had warned me because he watched it first. Mm-hmm. He had warned me. He was like, it's good. But there's some parts that are you're, you might be like, oh, this is some bullshit. <laughs> and there definitely were some parts that were like that. So MC, why don't yeah. you go ahead and take it away? And then Phil, you can you can chip in where you see fit. And we'll just have a, a nice little conversation about this. And then we'll jump into our second part of our conversation, which is going to be all about The Mandalorian. Uh, okay. Well... <laughs> I don't even know where where I should start. Um, I mean, I guess shout out. Well, I guess first things foremost, shout out to, I guess, the CW and uh, all the people involved for even attempting to do this. Because I feel like if you had told anyone who is into comics or superheroes at any point, hey, they're going to do a crisis on TV, even let's say five years ago, they would have thought you were crazy. So I guess shout out to them for, you know, trying because there were a lot of there were a lot of really great moments that i feel like did take place um uh, did, t- did take place over the course of the five episodes i think overall i i enjoyed the crossover um i had s- some issues with uh some of the various plot points um i think there were certainly things they could have taken out things they probably could have could have done better um you know uh, certain cgi fights that could have obviously <laughs> had some more money poured into them um but but overall i i think I, I i enjoyed it for the most part like i said i think there's a couple things that i i would have changed um but i guess like we can just go round table here and just kind of find out like i guess overall kind of what you guys think about it uh, um so here's the thing 
I'm with you. Like, even attempting to do Crisis in and of itself gets you an award. Uh, and, and I'm not going to lie to you. The timing of Crisis is kind of thrown off a little bit because it came right after Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And they can't, they can't help but being compared to that. It's not even a fair comparison, truth be told. But it, it came, but it come, but it comes up. Like you can't help it. Like it just, it's just there. Um, yeah. Overall, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say I, I, I agree, but I, I do think it's kind of silly to compare them. I mean, just TV budget versus movie budget. Exactly. But, but go ahead. <laughs> so the only issue I had was is I kind of felt like. They're telling the story, and it was it was less about telling Crisis's story and more about throwing in Easter eggs as part of more, as part of the story. Because there's some Easter eggs they throw in there that honestly, they like you said, they could have kept those out and saved that money for the fights and some of the scenes. Um, overall, like truth, and the biggest issue I had is that. The Arrowverse is pretty huge in regards to superhero characters. We only got, a, I feel like we only got about 12 of them. Like 12 heroes really showed up for the story. And I kind of felt like that was a good excuse to bring everyone who's ever shown up in the Arrowverse, which is kind of what Crisis was really all about. Like Arrow, Arrow itself introduced what? I think two separate teams of heroes that honestly we didn't get to see them all at the same time. And I was just like, at a certain point, up until, and I'll say this, up until the fifth episode, it felt, then you know, it felt a little pedestrian and not exactly that sexy in regards to Crisis for me. Um, when it got to the fifth episode, I did have more fun with it, and it, it did feel huge, but I just kind of felt like, you guys have so many, like, they had Ragman, where was he? You know, we got fire. I know, I know they killed all Firestorm, but multiverse—they're allowed to do it. You could have just thrown in another Firestorm. I mean, they had so many people they just didn't bring in, and you kind of would have thought you can. I mean, yeah. that, I mean, if this was Arrow's swan song, um, you kind of want to like go out with a really huge bang, and it just—I felt like we kind of got shortchanged on the heroes part. I, I agree with that 110 percent because if you, when you think about it, like the multiverse is is uh at stake here meaning there is nothing much larger that any hero could possibly be doing other than coming here and helping everyone try to resolve this thing you know mm -hmm. and it's like they only went to a handful of earths but it's like kid flash should have been in the crossover while he's been gone since episode one of season five mm -hmm. <laughs> seemingly um <laughs> Where's Kid? Where where was where was you know where's Kid Flash and all this? Like you said, where's Ragman? Where yeah. you know Batman was an asshole on this Earth, but why didn't you get him get uh, Bruce Wayne from another Earth to come to come uh, be part? Why didn't you get multiple Supermen to come? Mm -hmm. uh, other speedsters, you know, like the the the, the multiverse is at stake here. That like this should have been a complete call to arms. Like hey. Anyone who has ever appeared on screen ever mm -hmm. in any of these shows should be here. Even but, if it's like a cameo, like literally only if it's like five minutes at the very least, or if they all died because like, you know, it's just, I, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it was insane. I, I do think part of it too, I, I, I do think part of it was probably hindered from by the fact that of the five shows, Mm -hmm. One show hadn't premiered, and two of the shows did nothing 
as far as setting up crisis like until the until the crossover happened yeah and so i think with with two we saw this especially with two of the first three episodes uh being bat batwoman and uh supergirl the -hmm. two shows that did nothing with crisis they still had to appease their weekly fan bases so i feel like the writers sacrificed a little bit as far as story and cameo by doing having things in these episodes that would have appeased the people who are solely just there for Supergirl and Batwoman and nothing else, since those two shows in particular did nothing as far as setup. Because you would think uh, Dreamer mm-hmm. uh, would have been a little bit more involved. Uh, Brainy, I mean, <laughs> Brainy of all, of all characters, Brainy should have been should have been involved in this. Um, like th- there's so many people you could point to and just be like, where, where were they? Where was Cisco? Mm-hmm. Where's vibe during this entire thing? You know, like, wh- like where, where are all these characters and why aren't they helping out in some form or fashion? Cause I guarantee vibe would have been very helpful in that first battle on earth 38 mm-hmm. when they're trying to, trying to get people <laughs> over to earth one, pretty sure his powers would have come in handy there. Exactly. Yeah. I, I gotta I gotta say though, holistically, mm-hmm. with the exception of that fucking scene with Bebo, god damn that stupid Oh, I hate that thing. I am so sick of that oh. I was gonna set you some people off. It's just like I'm watching this, I'm really enjoying it. It's this epic thing and they're like, Hey, let's throw Bebo back in there and it's like why? Why are you doing because this? Because it's again? legends. And, and just fuck legends, just oh god. And they, you know, not... they're unfortunately I getting got a special, I got a special mad on for legends because of what they did to Constantine. <laughs> yeah, right. Like what uh, they did like... to all of those characters, honestly. Because literally, <laughs> yeah. after about halfway through th- season three, they were like, "Hey, all that character development they did on you know Arrow and Flash, the shows they came from, plus the development we did on the first you know two seasons here. Yeah, fuck all of that." <laughs> and we're just make them all dumb because Ray Palmer is a smart guy who, who's basically been reduced to the village idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, He's, why? Like, why is Ray here? Why is he? Why? Why? I will. I will say this, though. I've I've been shocked by a lot of reveals. Mm-hmm. I've been shocked by a lot of cameos. I I was floored when Ezra Miller showed up Man. See, like you don't like <laughs> my mouth dropped for about five minutes. Like, and I knew, I, and I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. And then the Flash shows up, and then he sees the Flash, and I'm like, oh shit! Like, that was, I, it was wonderful. It didn't like it didn't go on too long. It wasn't cheesy. It was just enough to be weird and awkward and funny. And like, when they're both like, when he's like, I'm Barry Allen, he goes, you're about no, like. <laughs> It was it was so well done. And then, like, honestly, of the two, because there was another big cameo as well, when we had the combined Earths and all of the superheroes are on the Earths and Marv Wolfman comes up with it. Yes. That yes. was that was the greatest thing. I've That was the most adorable cameo I've ever seen. He's like, can you sign this? I'm a big fan. I was like, Marv, you son of a bitch. Like it was <laughs> actually the one highlight for me is. And honestly, it it highlights a really important point for me. They brought in Tom Welland as Clark Kent. Here's my thing. This is like the first three. Here's the thing I have with that. Bring 
seeing Tom Welland and seeing Brandon Ruth and um, the other guy who plays Superman, whose name I can't remember right now. Oh, Tyler Hecklin, the, yeah. the one who's there for Supergirl. Yeah. Here's the thing. When you see those two next to Tom Welland, and Tom Welland look jacked. Like, yeah. like, little, like Alex Ross Kingdom Come Superman Jack. And you yes. see standing next to him, even though he's not wearing a suit, you're going, oh, that's what Superman's supposed to look like. <laughs> like <laughs> I think we mentioned this uh, when we talked about it before, but also, like, props to, to Brandon Routh. Like, when the hell did that guy get so swole? Mm-hmm. Like, oh. he... That that like he I remember Superman Returns and I don't remember Superman Returns looking that big like he was he looked like yeah that that was and then again like Tyler Hecklin that poor poor dude like he's just like yeah I'm the skinny Superman you know yeah like, I know for Brandon Routh he had been like he got asked and basically told about uh, reprising his role as Superman in June of last year and from that point until about September ish when they started filming. He basically went on like this super strict like diet regimen training to, you know, get back in his new suit or get back in the suit. Wow. Like, let me let me ask Steve, because I know, Steve, you haven't watched any of this yet, man. I want to get your input on this. But like from an outsider's perspective, hearing what we're talking about, is this something that you're going to have to make time for now? I would think so. Yeah, because I mean, just hearing some of the cameos so far, like... I don't care about spoilers or anything. I mean, that's kind of been our stance universally on this, you know, outlet for a long time. Yeah. Uh, the Ezra Miller one kind of blew me away. So like Ezra Miller from like the movies. Yeah. Ezra Miller. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because they just they just combined the universes basically. So let me ask you guys. So like, what kind of source material characters were this? So like, obviously there's a couple flashes couple supermen were there any like green lanterns or anything else awesome like what what source material books did they pull from uh well they referenced green lantern but they're none none of the uh none no one from any lantern corps showed up because weren't they teasing what's his face was going to be a green lantern they've said that for years and it's, yeah i don't think it's going to happen yeah if they were un unless they're saving something for like the arrow finale if they were if they were going to do Green Lantern or if they were going to make Diggle the Green Lantern, then this would have been the time to do it, especially after they teased it in Elseworlds last year um, with a uh, 90s flash showing up and, and asking him, John, where's your ring? Also, don't forget, they also had they did have an OI flash and a Green Lantern cameo in the fifth in the last episode. So true. The, the funny thing about that is there's some confusion as to what exactly that means because the footage that they used was actually from the 2011 <laughs> Green Lantern movie. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> it was from... It was from it's, <laughs> you guys uh, want Green Lantern? Here's the shittiest version we can think of. So here so, you go. Enjoy and so, shut up. <laughs> so like, there's some confusion as to whether they're saying, oh hey, you know, we'll just tell you guys at the end, by the way, we, uh, the, the, this movie is also canon to the Arrowverse, or whether it's to serve as like a teaser so that when they uh, do the Green Lantern show uh, that is going to be launched on HBO Max, presumably in about 2021, um, that when they when they do it, then you already know 
because of based on because of this that oh hey you know this show takes place on what was it earth 12 uh this takes place on earth 12 and uh you know this is you know because this show is going to be canon to the arrowverse even though it's going to be in the hbo max show it is going to be canon so that would be interesting i mean the other thing we have to consider as well is the fact that as much as this crisis is supposed to like clear out stuff like the comics it was supposed to merge everything and I guess give them a new direction writing wise. So yeah, everyone's in the same universe, including black lightning, which I am actually kind of shocked by. Um, I am too. Um, but honestly, if this means they write a more, a better story with more crossovers, that mean that, I mean, I pretty much watched it and went, Oh, they need to put them together because they actually need a better idea. Um, because let's face it. Some of those shows do not carry their own, do not carry the water for that entire CW. So maybe, you know, like I said, I, at the end of it, I went, oh, maybe this will lead to like better stories. Cause as, as critical as I am a crisis, I did still enjoy it. I did yeah, enjoy yeah. it for one. It was still fun to watch. Um, but you know, being a, you know, being a comic book fan, you still got to be a little bit critical of it as you go yeah. on. So, I mean, so I, like, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't want everyone to think that we didn't like it because honestly, it did go far beyond what most television shows could do or at least attempt it. So, and although I will tell you right now, the one thing that set me off, it, that is Bebo, even I let the Bebo thing go, fucking Gleek, man. Excuse me. <laughs> Wait, Gleek? Yes. Yes. Wait a minute. Is that the <laughs> monkey? Yeah. yeah. From Super yes. Friends was in yeah. this. Yes. Yeah. So apparently. What? Yeah. So, okay. So <laughs> at, if you, so if you, if you remember, uh, what was the first crossover they did? Invasion. Yeah. I think it was like the Invasion crossover. Steve, did you see that one? That was the like the very first kind of everyone get together crossover. That's probably pretty close to when I stopped watching. Okay. Well. In that they they have this meeting in like this bunker uh, uh, that Star Labs owns that you know kind of serves as like a base during the crossover. So after at the end of Crisis, like the big reveal is they're all meeting back in that bunker, and you know every, you know they they have a little tribute to to Oliver um, there, and Barry reveals basically that they are going to set up this space as the hall of justice. Now for copyright reasons, they can't call it that. So they didn't, but that's basically what it is. And they have, you know, uh, a round table with seven chairs with everybody's emblem on it. Uh, so that whenever they have big universal issues that need to be resolved, that they have a central base for them to come from. And, while they're all sitting there, you can hear like uh, this animal, this monkey making noises over top. <laughs> and then they pan over to this uh, like this broken cage that has the that has the name Gleek on it. Mm. You know oh, okay. and they played the Super Friends music. Oh too. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, god. Right. They that's played right. the Super Friends music. You know what that's the right. sad you know what the sad part about that was? So I heard the monkeys, and you know what my first thought was? They were going to end it on kind of like one of the like the the, the superhero cliffhanger 
where it ends with like the heroes fighting the bad guy. I thought it was going to be Grodd with a bunch of monkeys breaking <laughs> in through the season, and it would have been like, boom, crisis is over, and the superhero stuff can really begin. <laughs> nope, they gave me, they gave me, what they give me? Gleek. <laughs> so wait, were the Wonder Twins involved in any way, or just Gleek? Oh, they're coming. Just Gleek? No, they're- yeah, but yeah, I, I, I think that's what it is, that inevitably, and, and at, this kind of ties into why Legends was the was the final show to do it, because ultimately, uh, from some stuff that I've read, it sounds like they they want to introduce the Wonder Twins, and they're kind of it's kind of a toss up to see kind of which show among the shows that exist is going to get them. More than likely, it's going to be Legends. I mean, Brandon Routh and his wife kinda, are leaving. Kind of seems the sh- like the show that they belong to, right? Yeah. Yeah, which would just be unfortunate if my wish comes true and they get canceled next year. It would be really unfortunate that we only get a little bit of Wonder Twins, but a man can dream. Um, but yeah, it's um, it sounds like that they're probably uh, the show that's going to get it because Ryan Choi is going to end up on Legends at some point mm-hmm. uh, later this season or uh, later in their season. Um, Brandon Routh and his wife are leaving, so. There and and apparently when they decided to do Legends a couple years back, they didn't they didn't have it set up to where they just wanted it to be, you know, a set amount of people. They wanted it to be in like an interchangeable group, kind of like the Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. uh, where they have like an interchangeable um, squad of people who come in and leave and so on and so forth. So Wonder Twins would probably, I mean. Like you said, that would be the show that they would probably fit on more than any. Interest. I just don't. Uh, why? Like, it's not. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't need I, the Wonder Twins. No, no, no. You serious answer? Why? Because Legend. Because when Legends decided to go to the full-on stupid, they got their best ratings. That, like, that's that's basically what it is. So basically, it's like it's like a live-action version of Teen Titans Go. I, yeah. I, yeah. I will complain. I won't call. Actually, the Teen Titans not the Teen Titans. I'm well, sorry. yeah, I would say the Wonder Teen Titans Go is actually good. So maybe that's not the comparison, but yeah. <laughs> but, but the Wonder Twins though, if they go the route they have been going in the comics, it would actually fit really well into the Legends universe. And I will say this: if they go that route, it actually would make it would be a lot more appealing because if you have a like. The problem I think this should, the Legends had was they, you got, like you said, they had all these deep, kind of dark or at least serious characters who completely went goofy, and you're just like, I don't know how, but bringing in the Wonder Twins and maybe like some other goofier characters, because honestly, not gonna lie to you, if they could bring in, I, I'd like it to be Plastic Man, but if they bring in like, you know, the Elongated Man and just actually bring in some traditionally goofy people doing it. It actually might sell, especially with Sarah playing a straight man, so to speak. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like, I like Ralph. I don't know if I would like Ralph on Legends. He's, I, he's won me over. Like, I at first I didn't like him, but the more and more I get from Ralph Dibney, the more I like him. But you know what I think part of it is better writing. Yeah, because the last showrunner. Was kind of like when Ralph got introduced. That was that was the the showrunner that gave us seasons four and five, uh, who gave us a a whole lot of silly, 
whatever writing as far as literally all the characters were concerned. Mm-hmm. And, and now that he's out the way, now now that Eric Wallace was a godsend, and now that Eric Wallace has taken over and is someone who has a comics background and actually cares about the characters he's handling, uh, Ralph is getting... Ralph is getting a story that's that's you it's from the comics because they're going to introduce Sue in the back half of the Flash uh, coming up, and you can literally say that about all the characters. Like he's handling each character with care and giving them uh, story arcs that work that fit their character, but also fit the larger theme that they're going for. And we weren't getting that in seasons four and five when the the last showrunner was a. Uh, the last showrunner was 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 handling it. Yeah. Fun fact, I by mean, the way, that show that same showrunner is handling the new Superman show. Oh, super. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just honestly, <laughs> oh, like it, it's not so much I don't like having a Superman show. The problem is, is that it's another Superman show. There, DC Universe has a deep well. They can't find anyone else. Like, well, they were afraid to do that, man. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, I, it's what they're basically kind of doing is they're, they're calling it a Superman show, and they, they do want to establish Superman, but it's really going to be a Super Sun show. Because yeah. if, you, if you remember it, it, in, in Crisis, it's very subtle, and it was very easy to, to miss. They gave um, him a second the, kid. And, they yeah, made, they well, not only that they have a second kid, but they're teenagers. Oh, that's right. That, that's make- that's the other thing. Remember, he was a they they had a newborn at the beginning of Crisis, mm-hmm. and now they'll have teenagers at the end of Crisis, which you know will and they shoot they start I think they shoot their pilot in like two or three months or something mm-hmm. from now, and so I, I think it'll probably start as a Superman show, but the real focus will be on uh, the boys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, e- either way, I- I'm I'm excited for what we're gonna get from the CW Arrowverse in general. Um, the teaser trailer that they had for the next episode of The Flash looks pretty awesome. The whole like, how do you like we're in a post-crisis world basically? So like, I think that's gonna be super interesting. They they really set up a lot of interesting concepts because uh, like for instance, Cisco was saying, I guess like the laws of physics have changed. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. This will be I, interesting. Actually, I think that's the it, most interesting thing that I'm I'm curious about for the the back half of I think all the shows really how 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 like what does the post crisis world look like for for each of them? Which now with uh, Central City being so close to National City, mm-hmm. kind of in the same way that Gotham and Metropolis were were across from each other, like. Is there going to be more kind of overlap between, you know, here uh, villains that affect one, you know, are I mean, seemingly they set up that Supergirl and Flash have always worked together. Like, are we going to get more kind of one off crossovers with yeah. characters from one showing up in the other show or vice versa? You know what I'm excited about? And I think that honestly, I think it's under the radar because of crisis star girl. Yes. They they released that. Is that 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 comes out in spring? Is that spring of this year? Or is that late? Is that next year? Or spring later it's, on? Yeah, it's it's spring. It's I think it starts like right around whenever the sh- the these shows end. 
Yeah. I suppose that it's meant to be like a summer show. Yeah, so I am curious to see with that because they did again. They did another. They did a quick flyer where they did the JSA, or at least I guess it's the JSA. No, no, or, it, it or definitely some- is. And if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I think Alan Scott is confirmed for Stargirl. Yeah. Mhm. So I am really curious to see how Stargirl fits into it because I think with Arrow, quote unquote, ending. Flash takes over as the central verse, so it goes from Arrowverse to Flashverse, I guess, technically, mm-hmm. since Flash does count as the oldest. Uh, yeah, it's the better. longest running show. Yeah, the longest yeah. in the verse. So, and honestly, I, I'm kind of happier with it being Flash because uh, there's more room for Flash to introduce more heroes um, over mm-hmm. Supergirl. So I'm kind of curious to see what they do. But Stargirl is the one I am most interested in. Because that one feels like it is closer to the book than almost all of them. Well, you know what's interesting about it? It, it was a, it's a D, it's a DC Universe show, and it was filmed for for DC Universe, mm-hmm. but now they made the decision to move it to the CW. Huh. So it's gonna feel very different simply because it wasn't handled by uh, CW's production team. Hmm. Intriguing. Intriguing indeed. Uh, I'm reading over this right now. Is, is uh, the main uh, or the lead for Stargirl is a girl named Breck Basinger? Is that I'm assuming her mom is Kim Basinger? Is that correct? I don't know. I'm no. looking right now. I'm I'm curious now. Like, <laughs> is 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 she an Alec Baldwin child? <laughs> like, was she was she, right now? I want to watch the Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> There are many jokes you could go with that. and I don't but, think so, actually. You think that would be bigger news? Right. Yeah. It, 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 it must not be because they're like, her parents aren't even mentioned. And like, fame yeah, or Alec named. Baldwin would have to be like, no, that's my daughter. Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, okay. It would be it would be like right it would be like front page news. And he would like find some way to make his way onto the Stargirl show. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think that that puts a nice little bow on our uh, our crisis on well, Infinite Earths uh, conversation here because I don't know about y'all, but Mandalorian was some of the most enjoyable television I've gotten to watch in the last like at least a like, year or two. Like I I enjoyed from from episode one all the way through. Yeah, there was like one or two filler episodes I feel like, but that that series was was just dynamite. I really really enjoyed the series as a whole. Um, Steve, why don't you take it here since you didn't really get to talk much when we were doing the crisis stuff. What were your thoughts on the, on the Mandalorian? Oh, I absolutely loved it as well. Um, and I agree with you. There were definitely some episodes where you could kind of tell, all right, so this is just like, like a thing. They're just kind of doing their own little thing here. And there were a couple that felt that way. And then they came back around at the end. Like, okay, so him and this lady are like, doing the whole you know you know kurosawa thing or whatever in the village and training these people up okay bye that was a fun adventure we'll never see you again and then nope she comes back around as well um so even some of the filler mattered um but then i'm thinking of the one that had like bill burr in it and it's like i don't know what lasting repercussions that episode had other than it's just being good um but i think that was probably in i don't know what you guys think but that was probably a facet of 
it being a bunch of different directors each taking their own episode um so it probably helps when each story is also its own beginning middle and end uh yeah. and then you just got to throw in a little bit of thread um it's baby yoda or we're flying to a place or whatever uh but the some of the complaints that you guys had about the crisis uh you know lack of characterization i felt mm-hmm. it's the polar opposite on the mandalorian side i feel like in eight episodes i really got to know a lot of these people and, and a lot of their motivations and the people we didn't know a lot about it was intentionally left that way because they're supposed to be an air mystery of moff gideon and i still feel like i know him a little bit even i know don't know details about him yeah uh, and yeah. even one-off characters like uh what's her face uh it was amy sedaris that played that like yeah Halloween <laughs> junk like you know she was ripping people off as a mechanic or whatever like <laughs> even one-off characters like that i still like she was awesome yeah you know like it was, if it was like if ellen ripley decided to run a a kind of scummy auto mechanic <laughs> and i was like what wow, that was awesome i loved that character um so that was description <laughs> that, was, that was like one of my favorite things about this show is that it's a dude wearing a helmet and a little puppet that really doesn't say anything and yet i feel like i know them as characters more so than in a lot of shows that are just riddled with dialogue and scenery and, and stuff like that they they did a lot with a little mm-hmm. um and and that was the masterpiece that i enjoyed it takes a lot these days for me to sit there and watch something and not screw around on my phone or have my laptop and i'm I'm doing stuff on my computer and this show i sat there uninterrupted just sat there and watched and nothing else was you know in my view i wanted to see what was happening uh because it was done so well so that that's that was my thoughts on you guys you you make a really good point, and I, I, I want to like just touch on that real quick, and then and then we'll hear uh, Phil's thoughts on it. But like I gotta give props to Pedro Pascal because, <laughs> like, let me tell you about this dude. So everybody in this series so far, acting wise, was was great. I really enjoyed everybody's performances across the board for him. But I also want to give credit to Emily Swallow who played the armorer, uh, the Mandalorian that like was that stayed on uh, the planet. Yeah. And, and like basically like whooped all those dudes ass with like her armor's tools, oh, which was man. like, like <laughs> breaking their helmets. And Dude, shit. I've never cute. seen anything like that. She I've never seen a stormtrooper get fucked up like that. That was insane. <laughs> like she broke that dude's face mask on his like that was yeah. it's, it's the pieces of the face mask flying in the air that made me giggle. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. But like, OK, so both him. Uh, or Pedro Pascal, Emily Swallow, Nick Nolte, and Taika Waititi. Th- those four got mm-hmm. more performance out of voice acting than some movies get out of actual actors where you can see their faces. Like, you could hear in The Mandalorian's voice when he was on that planet, when he was on, I cannot remember the name of the planet, but the, the um, when they fight the ATST, And yeah. it's, bas- it's basically Seven Samurai. When he has that, like, tender moment with that, with that fine-ass uh, widow... And she's just like, you could just stay here and take the armor off. You could hear it in his voice where he was just like, uh, I'm thinking about it. Like, you could tell. Yeah, exactly. Like, like hats off to this dude. No pun intended. But like Pedro Pascal just his did such an incredible job. And 
Star Wars has a history of this, though, too, because if you look at that scene in Return of the Jedi when Luke is getting the shit shocked out of him and she, he's calling out to Vader, you know, father, please. And you see Vader like turn back and forth like three or four different times before he finally decides, all right, that's enough. And he kills the emperor. Like mm -hmm. you're able to see emotion on characters that don't have faces and like Pascal nailed it. Taika Watiti. I've never loved a droid so much, man. IG-11 is like the greatest. That, <laughs> that was such a great role. He did such a great job. N Nick Nolte is Queel as the um, as the Ugnaught. Uh, Emily Swallow as the armor. Just all of them. It was just like, yeah, again, like Steve said, like you didn't even see these guys faces and they were just incredibly well performed. It was just it was outstanding. And let me tell you, right in the reviews, which I'm a whore for pushing our stuff so go to great geek refuge and read all of my reviews for all the episodes of the mandalorian um i had so much fun coming up with uh carl weathers jokes uh for this because basically every time i mentioned carl weathers i had to mention another role that he played i would be like hey it was really cool when uh tubs the golf instructor oh fuck i mean uh grief carga showed up on that planet like i did that so many times i, I was almost running to the uh, i almost ran out of stuff i was like the well was running dry and then i found out that he did a movie in um in Australia only called Hurricane Smith and I was like oh that's fucking wonderful Carl Weathers you're the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> I feel like you could take other roles that he's played and take half of his character and make legitimate Star Wars names like Tubbs Creed sounds like a Star Wars name right right yeah <laughs> no Mike, I, guess, I, I guess not I, then Mike, Mike I'm sorry I didn't read your reviews but was Action Jackson mentioned at any point during your reviews? You're goddamn right it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little known and underrated action movie, man. And Action Jackson. I just feel like he should have been called Action Jackson in the series. Like, it, and it wouldn't even have been questioned, you know? Like, hearing, hearing Werner Herzog be like, Action Jackson, are you going to handle this and bring me the child? Like, I, yeah, I'm not questioning that. All right. Let's fucking do it. Also, Carl Weathers looks younger in this show than he did as his old version golf instructor in Happy Gilmore, right? I mean, he looked... He looks like he hasn't aged a day. I was just hoping at one point, like Mando would go to shake his hand, and it's like a like a wooden hand. He's like, <laughs> the fingers like, break off and yeah, stuff. Exactly. He's like, damn, damn, crate dragon bit my hand clean off. Oh my oh. god! Phil, <laughs> hey. give us give us your take on on uh, on the Mandalorian, bud. So. I'm like I think we had this conversation earlier. I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm sorry. I'm a Star Trek fan more than Star Wars because yeah. Star Wars is one of those really great stories. But the thing I think no one realizes is it's a war story and it's finite. So for me in my head, this is the range of my movies. It's the original stories, Rogue Squadron, and now The Mandalorian. Because the reason I love The Mandalorian is it's the same universe with a brand new story. Like it, 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 mm. it is not banking on a past experience. I mean, yeah, it references it, but by and large, it's like, welcome to the Star Wars universe. This is how weird we are. And the only thing, when I first watched it, my first thought was, is that, so I am not a big Western fan. Like in my head, the last good Western was Silverado. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, I am that old. <laughs> That's a that's a that's a deep pull, man. <laughs> <laughs> I 
So watching the Mandalorian, I was a little bit worried about the Western thing that they couldn't pull it off. I watched it and it honestly was the most enjoyable Star Wars experience I've had in a very long time. Um, I got it. I gotta agree. I really enjoyed um, Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. but I got more enjoyment out of the eight episodes of The Mandalorian. I mean, Rise of Skywalker was great. It was a, it was a fun finale. I, I loved the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, man, there's there's just something about The Mandalorian, just the way the stories are told. Like it's fun. It was um, free. Like honestly, it, it didn't have the constraints of the old movies on it, so yeah. it could tell a brand new stories and not worried about having to like stick to quote unquote the earlier canon but still stick to the universe itself. And they kept to the same, they basically kept to the exact same rules. It's just, it's a whole new bunch of people. And let me just tell you, everyone you mentioned um, was great. Uh, you know, all the, uh, the secondary characters were great. But honestly, the love I have for the heavy infantry Mandalorian. Oh, yes. When he came flying with that Gatlin gun and just, mm, just started yeah. laying wings, that was magic. Oh, and he turned. He turns to Mando, and he goes, "This is the way." I was like, "Fuck yeah, it is!" Like, that's that's the other thing too. Is like we we as a GGR community have single handedly, and I got to give a shout out to Shereen Nicole because she helped with the name of uh, of Okra. Mm-hmm. But we single handedly named all the characters that didn't have names. So like like it, he was he was Baby Yoda. That's what everybody was calling him. But we just Shireen was just like he's he's small. He's green. He's fuzzy. He's okra. And I was like Baby Okra. And Ram, James Rambo came up with Yodling. And like we went back and forth with that. So it's just been Baby Okra the Yodling. And I know what his real name is because they revealed it in the final episode. But he's Mando. That's his name. He's yeah. he's he's Mando. He's not. Whatever that guy's name. I'm looking at his name right now. I'm trying to find it. Like, I wrote it down here at some point. But it doesn't matter because he's Mando. Din, Din Jaren. Din, Din Jaren. Yeah. Wait, is well, that that's the name? That's his name, yeah. No one's going to call him that. Yeah. No, yeah. He's, he's Mando. Yeah. yeah no, no, one, yeah. no one's going to call him Mando. So here's the other. Back to the Western. He's a man with no yep. name. Yep. <laughs> exactly. No name. Zap Brandon. Yep. The other thing I love was John Collar Esposito coming out as Moff Gideon. Oh, yes. I am such a huge fan of him. I am not going to lie to you. If I was in that in that bar and Moff Gideon shows up as, uh, uh, as you know, as John Collar Esposito in a TIE fighter that lands on the ground, uh, I would literally go, I quit and just throw I throw Baby Yoda at him and just say, sorry for the inconvenience. <laughs> Because that dude did not play. You know it's bad when he comes out talking about your entire Christian name and, <laughs> and spilling all your secrets. We didn't know Cara Dune was from Alderaan. We do know now. Yeah, he kind of laid the lumber when he showed up, huh? Yeah. And, like, he, he's just – he's so imposing without being over-the-top imposing. You know, like – the imperial bad guys, for the most part, have a have a history of being a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like Darth Vader, Darth Vader's scary because he will fuck you up and he will ruin your life. Like he will snap your neck at a moment's notice with with no questions asked. But like Moff Gideon had a had a um, had a um, why can't I think of the other Moff right now? Uh, Tarkin. He had a Tarkin vibe to him where he's like classy and refined and restrained, but like you can just like see them like seething and boiling underneath that. Like he is just ready to explode. And like 
when Mando whips that Gatlin gun around and he's ready to ready to shoot him and he's like, hmm, what should I do? Oh, I'll just blow up the power generator. Bam! I was like, oh shit, this guy knows what what the fuck's up. And then the fucking dark saber at the end. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. Like it, it, I, that goes back to the character thing, man. He, he was he was able to be evil, imposing without being like mustache twirl rolling over the top evil yeah uh, and that goes to his acting right yeah it was i can't think of a single person in this show that didn't do a good job acting um oh also a a, a personal favorite of mine is the r2d2 or the uh, the r2 unit that was the um i, I made a reference to um uh, to Charon, the uh the ferry uh operator for the river sticks um, and said that R2, that this R2 unit was was that in the Star Wars universe. But also, too, when he just, like, comes up out of the rubble and he's got arms and legs and he looks like he's been, like, working out for, like, six months. Like, just <laughs> taking nothing but, like, pre... Like, exactly. Like, he's taking nothing but, like, creatine supplements and, like, drinks, like, raw eggs and shit. Yeah, like, that was... I was like, oh, shit, that's the coolest R2 unit I've ever seen. It's like R2... 2P90X or whatever. <laughs> R2P90X. Also, can I just can I just do one more thing about can I say one more thing about Quill? Of course. Not gonna lie to you, that is the best Nick Nolte has ever looked. I gotta give a shout out to the special effects folks. That's Nick Nolte and he looks great. <laughs> He's really cleaned him by like 20 years. <laughs> he really cleaned up his life, didn't he? <laughs> I did. I really liked the scene, though, when he talked about because, I mean, like I, it was an obvious reference to um, to Baby Yoda, to, to Okura, when he was talking about how droids are not are neither good nor bad. They're they're programming and it all depends on who programs them. And that was in the same episode that you had Yoda showing off Baby Yoda showing off some of his force powers and like. Mm-hmm. It, it it was I really liked the message that was said there because it, it's so many times in the Star Wars universe it's just like oh they're bad until they have this weird thing at the very end where they're like up oh, change of heart now I'm good I'm gonna disappear into the Force and you think that like everybody's like predestined in a certain way like this is this is who you are this is what you're gonna be and you see that it is nature and nurture but it's more nurture which determines how this person ends up being. And the force is not something that like really gives a shit. The force is the force, no matter what. Like there is no dark, there is no light. It's just the force. It's the user, basically. And I thought that was kind of cool. And they, I also enjoy the fact. They, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt. No, no, no go, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Um, what was I? Enjoy, what I enjoyed is that actually they kept to the story that no one believes Jedi are real. Yes. Yeah. Like, even though there, I mean, yeah, there's pockets of them, and even with the Yoda, but the fact they still call them sorcerers, and the fact that people still don't believe in Jedi, even after, quote-unquote, I guess, return, or with Rey and whoever um, doing their stuff, which is the part I love, because that was always the weird thing about Star Wars for me, because it was just like, they're wiped out, and all of a sudden they're back, and like, you would think people would talk about it, but obviously they don't, because... No one believes they're around. So I did enjoy that part, which actually made the story a little bit better for me because, again, it didn't depend on the Jedi myth, even though Baby Yoda still the same. Yeah. Uh, it still made it, made it actually work that much better. I also, the one 
line that I love that honestly makes it wide open for me was Mandalorian's not a not a race, it's a creed. Yeah. That right there was like, okay, then that means we get a lot more Mandalorians right now. So which is all I'm looking for. Yeah. And like I don't know if you guys caught this or not. Uh Phil, I know you shared it on on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um but the fact that George Lucas has co-signed the fact that uh, everybody's favorite original Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and his father, Jango Fett, are not Mandalorians. And the internet broke that day because people were flipping <laughs> the fuck out. They were like, what? There's no way. And, like, George Lucas is like, yeah, they're not Mandalorians. They're just bounty hunters. And I was like, oh. And he didn't even, like, break a sweat. He was like, yeah, no, no. It's a thing. So fuck off. And, like, that was the end of the conversation. And, like... People, people were like, were salty as shit about that. And there's a Which lot. I don't understand. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, uh, I was just gonna say there's a lot of precedent to it too. They actually explain a lot of the details as to why that's probably true. Yeah, but even in the first episode, you know that's true because remember how pissed they were that uh, Mando was actually working for like a, a Empire warlord uh, yeah. when he came back down to the hide. Yeah. Like so, it's not like it's not like they didn't mean that from the very beginning. So it makes it made perfect sense to me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's they basically like the the, the theory right now is the armor that they had that uh, Django and Boba had was uh, a knockoff of Mandalorian armor, and it's the reason why uh, Boba Fett's helmet has a big dent in it because you sure as shit are not denting Beskar because we saw how badass Beskar armor is. So you would say it was bootleg armor. It was bootleg armor, yes. <laughs> that that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, MC, as as the newest Star Wars watcher, because like you, in the matter of like two months, have gone from no Star Wars to you've watched the original trilogy, you started the prequels, and you're starting to watch the Mandalorian. Yes. What's what's your take so far on the Mandalorian? Like, did you kind of see what I was saying though? Because I had men- he had asked me, he was like, "Do I need to watch all of them?" And I was like, "No, man, you can jump in fresh, and you're really not going to miss anything except for like Easter eggs." No, yeah, I mean, you were a hundred a hundred percent right. Which is like, uh, I've uh, since yesterday, between yesterday and today, I've watched four episodes. I've watched four episodes of the Mandalorian, and honestly, I got to say, it is infinitely more interesting than the um, the prequels. Which I am struggling to finish at the at the moment. <laughs> Unsure if I'm actually going to finish them before I start on the the recent trilogy. Um, but I'm enjoying it so far. Um, I, it's it's really. I mean the the fight scenes are great. Uh, Mando is is awesome. Baby, Baby Yoda is adorable. Um, each episode is like its own thing, and it's really just kind of captivating in that way. Like I I, I think. There have been multiple points through just these first four episodes where I've rewinded because I was like, yeah, I, I want to see that again. <laughs> like um, when when there was uh, him with the 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 robot on uh, what was that, episode one, I think yeah. it was, and the the giant shootout. Like that whole scene was pretty awesome. Yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna watch that again. <laughs> um, but I'm 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 enjoying it a lot, and I'm kind of sad because I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna finish these four episodes and then back to the prequels. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm a little bit jealous. You get to binge watch it, cause yeah, when they, I'm, I'm, doing, I, when they were doing that crazy release schedule, people yeah. were freaking out, going, "I don't understand this schedule," even though they showed it, cause they're like, it really was a random release. Which honestly, it wasn't random, but at the time you're going, 
one, two Fridays and a Wednesday, and then one Friday and then two, <laughs> two and two weeks. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> the see, honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm old school when it comes to that. I actually really enjoyed the release yeah. schedule like that because it yeah. gave you time to digest it and really discuss it. And like, I, I, I truly believe that these shows that are set on these schedules are are going to perform better because it gives people time to discuss between and it builds like it builds that desire to watch it again because I'll tell you another thing too is there's been a lot of toxicity in the Star Wars fandom in general like especially like after um um uh, last jedi last jedi was like the catalyst for a lot of this like negative shit that's going on but I'll tell you what almost what has pretty much killed that and silenced that voice and that's baby yoda because every single toxic fanboy who was shitting their pants about Baby Yoda and they're like, oh, it's just a cash grab. They're just doing this for toys. The rest of the internet was like, we don't give a fuck what you say. You leave my precious baby okra alone. And like the internet as a whole, and it's not just Star Wars fans, it's people who've never even seen the series. They're like, that little thing is fucking adorable. Even my wife, who just doesn't get into Star Wars, looked at me and she goes you know what my favorite meme of baby yoda is the one where you can see his cute little baby teeth and i was like right like he's fucking adorable <laughs> everyone loves that goddamn thing and like it's <laughs> it, it's single-handedly it's like that line in the first star wars you know a million voices cried out in anger and rage and toxicity and they were all suddenly silenced by the turbo laser that is baby okra <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely correct i mean i'm not a huge fan of baby yoda but yeah, I, yeah. I enjoy him as a storytelling tool. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, there are some moves he pulled. And I think the funniest one for me is still a uh, scum and villainy episode where like he's supposed he's trying to take out that one pie that was that. No, the robot. Yeah. And then Mando shoots it in the back. And he's like, oh, I got. Oh, wait, my hand didn't do the thing. <laughs> uh, I did love when Carl Weathers was like, "Yeah, do that thing, do that thing with your hand, baby Yoda," <laughs> and he just waves. Oh Which, my god! Honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm a little surprised that Grief Cargo made it through the season. I thought he was gonna die. Same. Oh, I thought well, he was toast. He was already well. Good to know. Comes yeah, back. I thought, gonna, I thought he was gonna get killed by a giant Russian robot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I feel would have been apropos. <laughs> well played, Phil. Well played. <laughs> um, MC, you must have missed the end of that episode because at the very end of the episode, he's laying there on the lava field and you think he's dead and he gets up because he had a piece of Beskar underneath of his vest. That's right. You're right. Wow. Yeah. I, forget, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, you're right. I forgot, forgot about that. Hey, that's what we're here for, buddy. We got your back. Don't worry about it. Although, me and Mike went back and forth about what does that black lightsaber mean? Because um, if you watch Star Wars Rebels, you know exactly why that lightsaber is really, really important to the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and um, the Mandalorians. Yeah, and the Mandalorians themselves. So, I'm actually, so that they did a really good job setting up the second season. Um, so, I am really excited. I, it's rare that I'm really excited for the next season of a show. Yeah. Same. Like it's, I'm super stoked. It's, it was, it was just, it was very well done. I think, um, John Favreau and Dave Filoni are really onto something. I, I love the involvement they had from other people directing. You had, uh, Taika Waititi. He uh, directed the last episode of the season. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard directed, uh, the fourth episode where they're on, um, 
basically the Seven Samurai episode. And you got some some great Deborah Chow directed an episode. Um, and even like the throwaway episodes, like the one that we're on Tatooine, like you got some great performances, like Steve said, from Amy Sedaris, um, that douchebag kid. Um, <laughs> what's um, fuck? What was the what was the assassin's name? Why can't I remember her name now? Oh, the, the sniper. Um, she was. Oh, God, she's in everything. Oh, she's oh Ming, Ming Na Chan. Yes. Yeah. Like she was she was fun. Like it's that just, that's another scene where they're thinking like that's setting up for season two because like that shadowy figure walks up to her possible corpse at the end. Yeah. And then like, that's never addressed again. So see, a lot of people think that's Boba Fett. See, I assumed that it was Moff Gideon. That's what I thought too. A lot of people are thinking like, you know, last time we saw Boba Fett, he was on Tatooine. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to stick with, he's, he's still, um, sitting in the belly of the Sarlacc beast until somebody says otherwise, until somebody like reputable, like Dave Filoni or like John Favreau or uh, what's the guy's name that like is in charge of all the star Wars canon, Steve um, Pablo Hidalgo. Yeah. Until one of those guys tells me Boba Fett's not dead. Uh, he's dead. He's, he's being digested over a thousand years. Like, have you ever read comic books? Yes. Nobody's ever dead. <laughs> you know, honestly, I thought you would have a specific one in mind. Yeah, me too. <laughs> no, was just all comic books. No, just just comic books in general. Have you read comic books? <laughs> they threw Ben Riley down and disintegrated him into ash. He's back. If he's back, anyone can come back. <laughs> Hal Jordan went crazy, killed all of his friends, and then took an arrow from the Green Arrow. He came back. It was all a dream. It turns out it was Parallax, some other dude, who's the yellow something or other. I don't know. Stupid. Emperor Palpatine. He's back. <laughs> Everyone can come back. By the way, quick quick aside on that, because we'll have a whole other episode for Rise of Skywalker. But, like, I still want to know what, what kind of weird-ass, um, like, swing arm for a microphone he was attached to. Because that thing was kind of cool. Like, that he like, it was like his life support system that he was, like, attached to. Like, oh. I don't know what the fuck that thing was, but, like, that was, that was a, I, I thought that was a really cool, like, just visually looking. I was like, that's, that's really neat that he's not just, like, a corpse. But it would have been funny if, like, they just had to, like, carry him around. Like, he had, like, his little servants, like, carrying him around on, like, a dolly or something like that. Like, Weekend at Bernie style. Yes. Like, he's, like, flopping around all over the place. <laughs> Gesture my hand this way. <laughs> Weekend at Sheaves. <laughs> so, although, uh, the other thing is, so, I... So Cara Dune, played by Gina Carano, who I have actually enjoyed in a lot of things she's done. She's done some really weird stuff and then she disappeared. So I was really excited to see her. So I think like everyone said, when you see her the first time, you think, oh, she's cool. She can fight. I actually was I actually was genuinely impressed with her in the last two episodes. Oh, yeah. Actually, I thought she did a really good job, especially for some because like I don't I mean, I think the, she's done. The last thing I saw her in was she was a villain in one episode of a show called Almost Human on Fox. And then she, like I said, she disappeared. So, and she said this in an article, she was not even sure she could do the Star Wars universe. Because let's face it, as much as we love movies, doing a sci-fi movie and then doing like regular movies, like non-sci-fi stuff and fantasy, those two genres are really hard to kind of sell off. Because if you think about it, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Especially when you look yeah. at filming and things like that. But she pulled it off really well, and I'm actually, and I, I gotta say, I am genuinely impressed with her. And like, 
And the Deborah Chow episode, to go back to that one real quick, where she did the, the well, basically what, I, what we all refer to now as the Mandalorian assault, Mandalorian versus the Empire run. Um, so happy with that one. And yeah. so happy. And, and the fact that she literally cited the movies that inspired that, that, that scene, oh, it was so great. I, I got to say, like, I'm, same. Like, I didn't think that a former UFC fighter turned actress would be able to de- deliver a, a, a very emotional scene. She delivered that scene at the midpoint uh, of uh, this, the last episode with Mando. Like, wow. Like, I did not I did not expect that sort of, like, emotional depth from somebody like that. And she really, 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 really hit it, like, head on. And just in general, like, it's – she – I. I'm, I'm one over. You know, I saw her in. Uh, she was in Deadpool, and yeah, that's right. Yeah, and she was, and she was all right. You know, like because honestly, like it didn't matter who the hell was up against. I mean, Ryan Reynolds was just gonna drag everybody with him on that one. <laughs> like you're all coming with me, and this is gonna be an awesome movie. But like, yeah, I really, uh, props to Gina Carano. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and let me also say, I am glad they didn't turn it into a romance. Like yes. that would have annoyed me. Like. Yeah, the woman at the uh, at the village. Yes, I can understand that one. But with those two, it was literally just like they're hanging out, they're getting shot at, they got to run, they got no time to try to hook up in the middle of it. Though, so. yeah, it was yeah. professional. Like they had like a mutual respect and trust. Yeah. But it's not yeah. like like hey, yeah, we don't got time to go find a room or anything. We don't, we don't got time for this. So, unless you're a Twi'lek hitting on um hitting on Mando, which was really uncomfortable at times, by the way. Yes, for yeah. if it's coming villainy. And you're sitting there just going, lady, it's called consent. I'm going to need you to listen to it. <laughs> no means no. No means no. <laughs> Guys, I think I think we really – we covered a lot here in, in these two shows um, that – I mean, Crisis, it, it's on the CW. If you go to CWTV.com, you literally can watch the whole series for free. Like, that's it. Because the CW is free on any cable provider. Even if you don't have cable, you just type in who you had your cable with, and it'll let you watch it. Faux free. Disney Plus, that's a little bit different. Uh, it's it's not that expensive. See, there were people that were complaining when Disney Plus came out, and they're like, I don't have enough money to be able to afford it. I'm like, it's 8 bucks a month, man. That's like one less trip to Starbucks. And like, your first how, week is free. Yeah, how can you not afford that? Like That I, that just baffled me. Um, but it's, it's so worth it, because there's so much good content. And like... Quick aside on that too. There is a, and I wish I could remember the exact name of the of the show, but on Disney Plus they have like this retro vault of like old Disney like cartoons and shows. And there's this one where they're celebrating the the second decade of Disneyland. So it would have been like 1960, right? And it's Walt Disney. It is Walt Disneyist just talking about all the things that like are going on. And there's so many things that are like they're not. Let me state this. They're not racist for the 60s. <laughs> for the 60s, they're not racist. But he says some things that make you cringe where he's like, now let's travel to the dark continent of Africa. And I'm like, fuck, Walt, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, that is the greatest thing of all the Disney stuff. They have to put a disclaimer. Essentially, not exactly the usual disclaimer, but the disclaimer that basically says something along the lines of, um, at the time, we didn't know this was racist, but uh, it's going to sound racist. <laughs> Just be warned. There might be some things that come off as mm, a little off color. Yeah, like it was. 
<laughs> your version of the epilepsy warning. Exactly. <laughs> it was, it was just like, what? But even those those moments aside, it was just it was very it was charming to watch these, to watch these clips of, of 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 Disneyland in the '60s and see like what it looked like in its in its early years, but also like looking at like the 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 video of like these little kids enjoying these parades and i'm watching i'm realizing like all those little kids you see in there are like in their 50s or 60s now like wow like all those kids are old now (laughs) like it was it's just kind of a cool little snapshot and disney plus is definitely worth your time and your money so i don't even know why i'm plugging it because disney doesn't pay me to do this but you should get disney plus honestly it's cheap if you just get like the year subscription because then it's just you don't have to worry about it and it's it's it there is a discount for that Again, yeah. not getting paid by it, but, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We want people to enjoy things just like we do. Hey, um, I want to give everybody a chance who's working on cool things to, to, to plug their stuff here. Um, Phil, are you got any shows coming up or any, any artwork that you could sell to the fine folks out there? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, uh, I'm trying to help you make money, man. Come on. I, this winter was honestly a quiet one. I had a bunch of – I did some – Commissions that I still need to get out, um, but by and large, it's been pretty slow. Um, just with honestly the other job, the one that actually pays the bills, so I haven't had a chance to focus a lot. The new year with 2020, I'm hoping to change that. But just go to my website and your, you know, blackgoverchamp.com, and then just write me, or find me on Facebook, or you know, Twitter, or uh, the Instagrams, as the kids like to say, um, or the Chinese-run TikTok, where I have to be really good. Or, you know, whatever, Pornhub, which you know, <laughs> that's all hand, that's that's all handwork though. But that's, so. <laughs> it's all handwork. <laughs> but for that one, you got to look up Mr. Gorbachev if you're nasty. So, <laughs> exactly. with you umlauts, also, there's umlauts. There's umlauts. You do you do also occasionally moonlight for the uh, the um, the Earth Two GGR, which is uh, Geek Girl Riot as well, correct? Yes. Okay. I actually do do uh, I do podcasts with Geek Girl Riot um, every so often. Um, I just did one recently, um, and I actually write reviews that honestly try to be as objective as possible, um, unless it's a really really horrible movie, um, then it becomes a it then becomes an effort in diplomacy. <laughs> an effort in diplomacy <laughs> so guys definitely check out uh again it's blackgorbachev.com you can also check out phil's reviews and his podcast appearances on uh our our which is odd because i'm friends with shireen it's just weird that we both named our things ggr but completely different things so that's geek girl riot you guys can check that out it's on adobe radio um mc i know you are Hitting the cons pretty hard here for the uh, in a, in a few weeks. You just did Magfest. You got um, Katsu. you got Katsucon, which I am so looking forward to. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Oh yeah. Just the stories oh, from last show, year. I, huh? I didn't even show Steve the thing I sent you. No, you'll have to show Steve. Um, all I'll, the. I'll put that in the Skype. Yeah, all the extra, all the extras that is going on with with what's coming up with Katsucon, <laughs> but um, that'll that'll be good stuff here. So. Uh, and then, I mean, for the rest of us here at GGR, I mean, just keep checking us out. We got lots of great articles. I mean, let me tell you, our new contributors. So we got Russ Brown, uh, who goes by uh, the Opaque Senator. He is one of our new video game reviewers, and he is just killing it, doing some great reviews for all uh, for video games. He also just reviewed, is it Ip Man or is it IP Man? Like, IP I don't even know. Man. It is. It's IP Man. Yeah. As far okay. as I think, so, I, I, 
I've, I've heard people say it, I, so I could be wrong, but I think yeah. that's... Either way, he reviews the final movie in the... I'm just going to call it Ip Man. In the Ip Man uh, quadrilogy. Check that out. It was a really good article. I really, really enjoyed it. But also, too, our other new writers. We got Benjamin Shapiro, who... Benjamin Shapiro has gone from just a writer to... I've promoted him to editor because he's just, like, he's all about it. He's like, how how can I help? And, like, I, I love that he's this passionate about wanting to help uh, what we've got going on here at GGR. So... Uh, he's been doing a lot of great stuff to him and uh, another one of our new writers, Chelsea House, uh, went back and forth on The Witcher. So we've reviewed every episode of The Witcher. So check those out. Um, if you're not looking for spoilers, I recommend you watch the episodes first and then read the reviews because they are super spoiler heavy. Um, we've got my reviews of The Mandalorian. Uh, we've got just lots of great stuff uh, on the on the site. And we're going to have lots more podcasts coming up here. I am working on my Pearl Jam episode of Stop Me If You Heard This. Uh, so that'll be coming out here uh, soon. But not only that, I'm not even going to tell you. All I got to say is, is I have a special episode of Mike on the Mic that's going to be about donuts. And it sounds stupid. You're like, okay, fatty, why are you talking about donuts? No, no. It is the dark side of donuts. That's what I'm calling this episode. I can't even tell you what it's about because this shit is so fucking bananas that you guys will just have to tune in and check it out. But see, this is the great thing about this show. We're going to end this episode here and I'm going to tell these guys offline what the episode's going to be about. And they're going to be just as excited as I am about this too. So stay tuned. It'll be good stuff. But for all of us here at GGR, for our guest, Phil, and again, Phil, thank you so much for being part of this episode, man. We really appreciate you coming on, dude. Yeah, it was fun. I like when you let me talk. <laughs> you are always welcome to talk on, have, on these airways with us. I have very low standards for happiness these days. <laughs> Wait, that didn't come out right. You know what I mean. Hey, that's what we appreciate about you. So, <laughs> uh, Phil, again, buddy. <laughs> again, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, for MC, for Steve Monick, my name is Mike Lunsford. And guys, thank you so much for listening. And don't be a juice bag. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been a Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy.